are giving thanks today, a time of thanksgiving. It's amazing just to see the kind of that trolley nearly full, you know. It's amazing to see, do you know, this kind of queue of people bringing their offerings before the Lord. Who remembers Harvest Festival when they were like younger and things like that, yeah? Yeah, it's quality. I loved it. You know, I loved the, the plaited bread and the, the bread that was in the shape of sheafs of wheat. Am I right? That is a thing, isn't it? Sheafs of wheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it on social media this week, and I was like, sheafs of wheat. Is that right? Anyway, um, I loved Harvest Festival. You know, what it is, what it represented, what it was about. Um, you know, it's been great that we've had our, our very own Swaffields in the uh, food bank video this year uh, for the Harvest Appeal, which has been great. Quality job, guys. Um, but it's amazing that we get to bring what we have, what the Lord has blessed us with, give thanks and offer it to before him, and through that, others will be blessed. And I think that challenge that Ryan said earlier, you know, I think it's a really important challenge that we continue in that kind of mindset of honoring the Lord with what we have by blessing others, which is what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Um, saying thank you is probably one of the first things that we teach our children, isn't it? Thank you. You know, manners, good manners. You know, the pleases, the thank yous, the pardon me's. These are words that I am constantly using in my household at the moment with our youngest, Matthew. I'm currently working on that, you know, when something is given or something is needed or something is said, you know, there's always this kind of phrase of, what do you say, you know? So something is asked and it's always responded, what do you say? And so it's either please or it's thank you or it's pardon me currently at the moment. Um, and, uh, our, and this kind of idea of please, normally it's, it's daddy, I would like or I want an apple. That was what this morning was. Um, and my hand goes to my ear just as a bit of a hint, just to kind of say, sorry, what? And so he repeats, daddy, I want an apple. <laughs> sorry, what? Daddy, I want an apple. And then I usually go, well, what do you say? And he says, please. The other day, I uh, was doing this whole rhythm. Daddy, I would like a pair this time. And I said, uh, and what do we say? Straight away, I was like, and how do we ask? What do we say? And he goes, please. And I go, yes. We say, Daddy, can I have a pair, please? And he goes, I said, please. And I was like, well, yeah, a little bit different. And um, pardon me, it's great delight, you know, in saying pardon me, the little voice, whenever, no matter where you are, you accidentally burp or something, and all of a sudden you'll hear this little voice, say pardon me, Dad. Um, uh, just, he takes great delight in correcting me within that. Um, which is very, yeah, yeah, thanks, Matthew, yeah. I said it. No, you didn't. I said, excuse me, it's the same thing. Anyway, um, do you know there's a big difference, though, isn't there, between getting your child to say something and actually them understanding the meaning of why? Because the why is important. The why is important in why we are saying thanks. It shouldn't just be a word that is used. We want people to understand, we want our children to understand this sense of gratitude, you know, what we've got, what they have, the appreciation of it. We, Ruth and I, we took the boys swimming a few Friday nights ago, and, and as we came out and we got into the car, Matthew said, Daddy, Mummy, thank you so much for taking me swimming. It was so much fun. Completely unprompted. Yes! There we go. Finally. It's working. It's sinking in. But understanding the why is a really important thing. Why do we give thanks? And actually, do we ourselves say thank you out of just the conditioning that we've had as children? You know, what do you say? What's your response? You know, is it just a natural habit? Is it just a conditioned thing that we say thank you in those things because it's the right thing to do? It's good manners. 
Or are we saying thank you? Are we offering our thanks out of a genuine heart of gratitude and thanksgiving? You know, giving thanks doesn't always cost us something, does it, really? You know, often it can be a response in an action that has actually benefited us. You know, we feel generous when we extend it. You know, something's been given to us. Oh, thank you. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily cost us anything. And sometimes I think, I know I have sometimes fallen into that same category when it comes to giving thanks to the Lord. You know, I give thanks and I'm quick to give thanks out of that same motivation. You know, I sing, worship, talk because of things that he's blessed me with. You know, he's helped me with, he's protected me with. And so it's out of that kind of same me-centered giving thanks kind of motivation that we see. But what about those times when, you know, God doesn't come through? What about those times where, you know, God seems very far away? Or times, you know, when kind of praise and thanks is the last thing that we feel bubbling up within our hearts? The songs that we sing in worship, are we singing the words, just saying the words, or are we, again, within praise, within our hearts, you know, praising the name and thanking God? You know, when we, ca- when we can't see his goodness, you know, when circumstances around us scream that maybe he's forgotten us, and that's what we're feeling and thinking. Because we're told as believers this in 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It isn't easy, is it, sometimes to rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. That's not always an easy thing, but here it says that we can do it because it's God's will for us. You know, rejoicing always isn't just about rejoicing in those happy times, but what about those times that may be sorrowful? Can we find things to rejoice about? There's many funerals where I've been to where it's been sorrowful and it's been sad, but actually there's been real moments where I've learned stuff about these people that I just didn't have a clue about. And I was really rejoicing and thankful for their life and all that they had. Can we rejoice in those times? You know, we've seen it even just this weekend, you know, everything going on with the Queen. You know, we've seen kind of sadness, sorrow, you know, the family's tears, you know, as they look at all these flowers that are out in front of their various palaces. But actually, there's lots of rejoicing in the life, and rightly so, that the Queen led. And as Christians, as believers, we can rejoice not just because our joy isn't based on those circumstances, but our joy is based on the Lord. Because circumstances change, God doesn't. So we rejoice always within those moments. Pray without ceasing. You know, Christians, we're told, we're called to pray continually. You know, and we can't always bow our heads or close our eyes or put our hands together as children are often taught in primary schools. You know, because often they're customs of prayer, not prayer itself. But prayer is a communication, connection with God where we can live each minute of the day in a constant flowing conversation with God times off, like times away, like making time in each day, you know, away from everyone, you know, uh, it might be, uh, in, my, in my house, it's at my kitchen uh, kind of couch, that's kind of my praying spot that I find in the morning, you know, they're important, they're really, really significant in our daily walk with the Lord, in our discipleship, and I want to encourage each and every one of us to continually seek those out, but there is also room and great value in those everyday moment of the days, conversations, connection, fellowship with God. In everything we give thanks. 
We don't give thanks for everything, but in everything, we recognize God's sovereignty at hand. We've had a shift in that kind of, you know, monarchy. We've had a shift. The thing I was praying this morning is that God's sovereignty, his throne, will last for eternity. And we give thanks in that. We give thanks in that truth, in who God is, that his sovereign hand is in charge. He's in charge. He holds the world. And so we give thanks in all circumstances because of that truth. It's God's will. It's not God's will so we must do it. It's God's will so that we can, we can do it. We can do it. It's possible. You know, when I was preparing for this, I came across uh, this kind of thank offering that was mentioned within the kind of Old Testament system of the sacrificial system that went on within the temple. A thank offering. You know, it was used as a technical term for a particular category of these peace offerings or thanksgivings that we saw at the time, mentioned in Leviticus 7. So you would bring your thanksgiving offering to the tabernacle or to the temple. You would bring a a, a bit of unleavened bread or kind of bread made with yeast, and often it was spread with olive oil, you know. And as a portion of the meat of that animal sacrifice that was burnt on the altar was given, a bit of it was given to the priest. And from what I read, it said here that the rest was then eaten by you and your extended family before the Lord. And it was a joyous celebration in praise to God. It was unprompted. It wasn't something that they had to do. It was an unprompted offering of thanksgiving for all that the Lord had given them. And it was done in celebration. We celebrate when we give this because of all the Lord has done for us. You know, several verses in the Psalms particularly mention this thank offering or sacrifice of thanksgiving in the temple. These are some of them. Can I have the next slide for me, James, please? Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. Call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord, it says in Psalm 116. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Thanks offering were a part of this nation's kind of way of giving, of, of kind of thanking and remembering all that the Lord has done. But there was at some point, When this phrase, sacrifice of praise, didn't seem so much tied to a temple sacrifice, but it was more this free expression of praise and thanksgiving to God apart from this temple or tabernacle worship. The psalmists and David began to see that the core of worship arose not just from this outward act of animal sacrifice, but from the inner person who expresses thanksgiving from the heart. Psalm 51, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. I'll praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving because this will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and its hooves. A sacrifice of the heart, a sacrifice of praise, sorry, that comes from the heart. And obviously, as we carry on into the New Testament, we still see the term sacrifice. But because Jesus is our once and all, once for all, 
sacrifice, complete sacrifices, our sacrifices now are exclusively, exclusively combined to what, God, uh, what we offer God from the heart. It's the heart of worship. It's the heart of thanksgiving. What is the heart behind it when we say those words, when we give our offerings before him? In Hebrews 13, this is what it says. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruits of lips that openly profess his name, do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. This command that says that sacrifice to be offered continually ties in, again, with this verse in Thessalonians, to always give thanks. Offering it continually, giving thanks before the Lord. Because our praise of God is not to be based upon our opinion of his job performance. It's not to be treated as a reward that we give God, a reward that we give God as his obvious blessings. Isaiah 29 says, These people come near to me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Do you know, real praise continues regardless of circumstance. Because it flows continuously from a worshiping heart in good times and bad. Why? Because our relationship has to be built on trust. We trust the Lord. We trust the Lord regardless of maybe what we see around us. But you know what? That's hard. It is hard. It's dead easy to give thanks in the good times. It's dead easy to thank the Lord for all that he's doing when things are going good. When things are bad, when things are tough, it's hard. It requires a sacrifice. When my oldest boy, James, was in treatment for leukemia, last thing times in the hospital, Pope, uh, chemotherapy had been pumped in his body, blood transfusions, all sorts of different things, horrendous things happening around us. The last thing I wanted to do was give thanks. But you know what? The times when I did, when I got on my knees before the Lord and I lifted my eyes to him as opposed to what was around me, do you know what? God met me in those moments. My dad is suffering from dementia for the past 10 years and it's horrendous. It's an awful thing to see a man deteriorate before your very eyes. Even in that moment, there's plenty to give thanks to the Lord for. It's hard. It's tough. It's difficult. And it requires a sacrifice of the heart. Things that we see around us, anxieties, worries, bringing them, laying them before his feet and saying, do you know what, Lord? I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I trust you, the God of all, above all things, the King of all kings, the name above all names, the Lord of all. I trust you and I choose in this moment to glorify your name, to lift you on high and thank you for all that you have done. And it requires a personal sacrifice. Often it can take a real act of will to lay it at the altar before God, before God when we don't understand the things around us. When we bring a sacrifice of praise, we choose to believe that even though life may not be going as we think it should, God is still good and we can trust in him. Do you know when we choose to praise God and thank God in spite of the storms around us, he is honored, he's glorified 
And actually what we find is that our faith deepens. I can stand here before you and I can say I'm thankful for my tough times. I'm thankful for those difficult times. I'm thankful for those times where things were just really, really, really tough. And you've got no idea sometimes how tough those things were. But I'm thankful. Why? Because it gave me new understanding, new revelation of the goodness and glory of God within my life. And I can testify of that before you now. But that's hard. So how do we do that? We start with the small things. We start with the small things. In our times of thanksgiving, you know, we start with the small things. It might be that, Lord, I'm thankful for my cup of tea this morning. It might be something as simple as that. It could be, Lord, I'm thankful just that I've made it through another day. Lord, I'm thankful for the sun that's shining down upon me, you know, today on this brand new day. Start with the small things. Start with the small things because the more we do that, the more our eyes are lifted from the difficulty and the hardships in front of us and we're lifted to him. Start with the small things. Do you know one of the biggest problems with Thanksgiving, one of the biggest enemies of being thankful is comparison. When you look at people and you go, man, they've got things so much better than I have. Man, their life is so much easier than mine. You know, I, I remember having parents look at me when James was going through his leukemia and going, man, you know, your life is so much easier than mine. And I remember sitting there just going, how is that, that even possible? Do you know what I mean? But when we compare ourselves to others, again, it just creates this kind of real negativity, real kind of, it just has such a horrible impact on us. So let's not compare or look to others. Let us start with Jesus. Do you know, praise is not a sacrifice in the sense of the hardship we endure, but a joyous offering to him that arises from a place of genuine thankfulness through understanding not of what we have, but of who we have. Who we have. That's big. That's huge. That's different. That's different. Talking to people that are mourning at the moment, going through real difficult times, you know, there's hope there. There's hope that one day we will meet again. We're not called to mourn as those that without hope mourn because we, we're going to meet these people again. Do you know what I mean? We. It's not about the situation. It's not about the circumstance, but it's about who we have. And even in those difficult, horrendous, awful times, when we have the Lord as our Savior, we can always give thanks. The last bit of that verse in Hebrews 13 talked about sharing and giving to others. From this understanding of what the Lord has done for us, of what we have and who we have, out of that, we can give. Do not forget to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifice, God is pleased. There's responsibility. There's responsibility on us, each and every one of us. I might not be able to give millions of pounds away because I don't have that in my pocket. But I can still give what I have. There's responsibility because out of what I have, the Lord has given me and blessed me with, I want to bless and give to others. We're coming to a time of communion now where we're going to 
partake in a thanks offering. The Lord has done it for us. Jesus has done it for us. Because at the beginning of these verses, in verse 13, it says, Through him, Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. We worship through Jesus. Why? Because we needed saving. We needed help. We needed rescuing. And because of Jesus, because of what this meal represents, because of the cross, and because of his death and his resurrection, we now get to worship the Lord our God and call him Father. God isn't against you. He's for you. And we need to be a people where we have a heart of praise that is sustained by the love of God within our lives. We need to pursue his heart so that our hearts are changed by him through Jesus. A time where we remember his sacrifice. And what we're going to do, we're going to eat it together. Just as they did back in those days of thanks offering together, celebration as a family, sharing this bread. That's what we're going to do now. So before we come to the table, let me pray. And the welcome team on the door, if you can start letting the children back in, um, because it's really good that we could share communion with our families and our children. So that would be super. Right. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for so many things. So many things. But Lord God, I thank you for your ever-present presence within my life. Father, that I can come to you, that I can turn to you, Lord, that we can come to you, that we can turn to you. Whether through good times, whether through the bad times, we can come to you and know you as our Lord, as our Savior, as our God that is love. Lord, we thank you for that. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would soften our hearts. Soften our hearts, Lord, to the needs of people around us. Lord, soften our hearts to... to to the things that you would have us do and be about, Lord God. But Lord, I pray continually, Lord, that we would know you more, that we would know your heart. And Lord, that you'd remind us of the things that we can be thankful for, even in the midst of great difficulty or tragedy. Lord God, I pray for those that are really struggling now at this time, Lord, I pray that you would draw them close to you. I pray, Father, that they would know your goodness within their life. Father, that they would know the hope that is in you. So fill us afresh, Lord God. Fill us afresh. Lord, break our hearts for those things that break yours. Lord, help us to, to do good things to those that are around us that need those help, that need that support. Let us offer those sacrifices 
Lord, that bring honor and please your name.